0: I'm really excited to be able to share with you because I love talking about Jesus, and I love talking about how much he loves us, and I just wanted to share with you quickly, we, we all know the reason for celebrating Christmas, we all know that it's because he, Jesus was born, and he came for us because he loves us. And as you saw this play that we just did, the kids just did, it's kind of like a hypothetical um, scenario. Of what would the angels think if, uh, by, of, of Jesus coming to earth, this glorious king coming to earth and meeting us at our level and reaching out to us and dying in our place? And as we spend time with the Lord every day, and we become acquainted with who he is. And we beca- he becomes like our best friend, our husband. And we begin to realize that this king. Is, is like the most amazing, this, this Jesus is the most amazing person in the world. He is the coolest person you'll ever meet, and he wants to be like your best friend, and he wants to be right there with you. And what's even more amazing is as you spend time with him every single day, you get little glimpses of his glory, his deity, his holiness that blows your mind away, and it makes you even realize even more, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you came down To earth and took my place and died for me. Why? And it's like we need to know his love for us like every single day. And in Christmas time, it's a wonderful time with friends and family, but it's also really crazy busy. And we can miss sometimes, for me personally, I've missed that quiet time with the Lord and becoming, just hearing his voice and dr- being wooed by his love because that's really what makes us who we are. It's his love, it's being in, it's in love with him. And he makes everything, it, ma- it makes it all worth it. And um, I'm trying to think, I wanted to share with you. Jesus came to earth as he came. God sent his one and only son because he loves us. But he came in a time that was dark. He came when we were in our depravity and our sin. And he reached out to us and he had no expectations. He did not demand anything. But he showed by example. And he, he died a brutal death for us. And we all know this, but we, we need to know it every single day in our spirit, in our hearts. And I want to share with you that... That's what we, I just want to remind you in Christmas is, is that the most important thing is knowing the simple truth of how much He loves us and how much that in itself will radically change us from being a totally different person and who He's called us to be. And I want to show a, cl- a clip of this movie. I don't know if any of you have heard of this movie, but oh my goodness, this is like one of the best movies I've ever seen on God's love. It's called Reg Muffin. And it's about Rich Mullen's life. I don't know if any of you know who Rich Mullen is, but he is um, one of the best contemporary Christian artists in the 80s and 90s. He wrote some really awesome. <laughs> he wrote some really awesome music. One of the songs, "You are an awesome God, you are an awesome God, you reign that song and um and he toured with Amy Grant, but he also was one of the first people of his of his time to be really authentic and real with his struggles. He was very open and vulnerable he, he didn 't hide behind a facade like, "I have everything together and he actually did um when he was younger in his younger years. Um, he had, uh, his, he had severe rejection from his dad, and it caused a lot of insecurities, crippling insec- uh, insecurities and brokenness in his life. And even though he was up there performing everything, he still had a hard time grasping God's love for him, and he felt like something was wrong for him. Well, I want to show you this clip of him, and you're going to see in his brokenness and what he did, with, how he dealt with it. He went to alcohol sometimes, and he, um, he, he had this fear of abandonment. So when his friends left him, he thought they were abandoning him, and you're going to see a little bit of that. But he got some breakthrough, and it's when his friend gave him he offered him to listen to this preacher named Brandon Manning. I don't know if any of you know who he is, but yeah, he's awesome. He's a he knows he's a very simple preacher. It preaches the love of God, but it's so profound and so powerful. You know that he spent hours and hours and hours in God's presence, and this man who. Portrayed Brandon Manning died a couple years ago, but you can uh, read his book called uh, Abba Child and Ragamuffin Gospels about God's grace and the Father Heart. Amazing books. And this man who portrays Brandon Manning, it's like, it's like, Brandon Manning's spirit possessed him because what he is saying in this is so powerful that every time I hear this, I start weeping. I watched this movie like five times with my fiance, Jason, and every time I'm crying. It's so powerful, but it's so simple. So I wanted to share this with you, and then I'll say one little thing after, and I'm hoping that it'll work. See?
1: Losing Morris was devastating, and it left me at another crossroads in my life. I came to Wichita to find myself, only to leave feeling just as lost as I had before. I set out on the road again with Justin, not really sure where I was headed.
2: Hey, Rich.
1: Where were you? I was just getting some food. Don't go anywhere without telling me where you're going, okay? Okay, is
2: everything all right? I was just- I don't need
1: you to talk, just, if you're going somewhere, tell me where you're going. Okay, or take me with you. Okay, damn it.
2: Hey, can I play you a tape? What is it? This is Preacher, Brennan Manning. You should know better than to even ask me to listen to a preacher. Just give it ten minutes.
3: In the 33 years since I was first ambushed by Jesus in a little chapel in the mountains of western Pennsylvania, and the literally thousands of hours of prayer and meditation, silence, solitude in those years, I am now utterly convinced that on Judgment Day, the Lord Jesus will ask one question and only one question. Did you believe that I loved you? That I desired you? That I waited for you day after day? That I longed to hear the sound of your voice? The real believers will respond and say, I believed in your love. And I tried to shape my life as a response to it. But many of us who are so faithful in our ministry, our practice, church-going, are going to answer, well, frankly, no, sir. I never really believed it. And there is the difference between the real believers and the nominal Christians that abound in our churches across the land. No one can measure like a believer the depth and intensity of God's love. But then again, no one can measure like a believer the effectiveness of our gloom, our pessimism, our low self-esteem, our self-hatred and despair that block God's way to us. Do you see now why it's so important to lay hold of this basic truth of our faith? Because you're only going to be as big as your own concept of God. We make God in our own image, and he winds up being as fussy and rude and narrow-minded and judgmental and legalistic and unloving and unforgiving as we are. I've been in churches in Bangor, Maine, Miami, Seattle, San Diego, and St. Louis, and honest, the God of so many Christians I meet is too small for me because he is not the God of the Word. He is not the God who is revealed in and by Jesus Christ, who at this moment comes to your seat and says, I have a word for you. I know your whole life story. I know every skeleton in your closet. I know every moment of sin and shame, dishonesty and degraded love that's darkened your past. Right now, I know your shallow faith, your feeble prayer life, your inconsistent discipleship, and my word to you is this. I dare you to trust that I love you. Just as you are. Not as you shouldn't be. Because none of us are as we should be.
2: Well, what's up? You all right? Rich. Rich?
0: I've um... I've read I've watched this movie like five times, and every time I hear that I'm in a ball of tears. <laughs> so powerful. And one of the things I believe that we can remember this Christmas is that Jesus came, he was born, and he died for us. Not where we think we need we should be. Cause I know we all feel like we have to live to the certain ideal. Like live like Jesus and that's what he desires for us but that he loves us exactly where we're at and that as we come into this time where things have been so busy for us by this the new year I believe that we can just get refreshed and renewed and revive our hearts and kindle that fire and that passion for Jesus and so I just want to encourage you all I know I need that so (laughs) so I hope you guys enjoyed that that's that's it. That's all I have.
1: <laughs> so he said, I dare you to trust me, but I love you just the way you are. That's a dare. I would, I would take him up on it. So would you, would you give us the courage, Lord, to believe just how fierce your love is. It scares us at times because we, um, the truth is, we don't trust ourselves at times. We don't, we don't love ourselves the way you love us. And yet, Lord, you want to reverse all of that. You came to reverse all of that. You came to bring us into the freedom. And the freedom is going to start with us believing that we are loved. We are loved. We are loved. So I'm praying again for every person in this room, the courage to believe that. Because that actually believing that to the depth more and more to the depth of how you love us is going to cause the change that we desire in our lives. And it is going to require more and more courage on our part to believe you, believe who you say that we are. Because, Lord, as we see you, we shall become like you. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your choice to come, to come get us, to come rescue us, to usher us to the cross, and to say, I I did this for you because I love you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. Amen. Um, I want to end tonight. I was going (laughs) to, I had this funny thought that we were all going to stand in a circle on the outside of the room, but that's not going to happen. There's too many of us. It would be too crazy. But this is what I'd like to ask you to do. I'd like to ask um, if you would um, go ahead and stand if you're able to. And, yeah, come on over. We're we're going to end by singing Silent Night. And I would love for you to take, take the hand of two people if you're able to. I want to make sure that nobody in this room doesn't, isn't at least holding somebody's hand. So it's not going to be a nice perfect circle, but just make sure you're holding some hands around the room. And as we're singing this, my, my prayer for you is that what we are singing about the calm, the peace, the silent night, the peace that he brings, I'm declaring that peace into your heart. In Jesus' name. We just um, also give our our worship leaders tonight a wonderful hand. You're so wonderful.